Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in again to this edition of the Legally Still Show for this Saturday, February the 19th. Um, I'm excited to have you here. I um, Today on the show, we're going to do a follow-up. I actually got some questions in on the on the email as far as different things that individuals want to know about setting up a business and the whole credit side of it that we didn't cover in the previous shows. So I want to touch up on those. And then I want to touch up on something that's near and dear to my heart right now, um, a, a, a campaign that I have going on, and I need your support. I am asking for your support as listeners of Legally Steve Show. I need your support, and we'll talk about that a little later. Uh, before we get started, I'm going to give a big shout to my alma mater, Mississippi State. We're playing Arts Rivals Day, Ole Miss, and I hope we crack your skulls open and uh, knock them down the list. So, for all of you who didn't know, yes, I'm a Mississippi graduate. I call myself a real bulldog, not that Georgia bulldog stuff. You know, don't want to take anybody off, but I'm a real bulldog. So, big shout out to Mississippi State. Hope we, hopefully we take it, take our uh, our team into the finals. So that's what we're looking at. Back to the show. Great day um, on a lot of things that are going on. On this whole corporation this whole business and business credit, which, by the way, I took my own advice this week, and I started another business. Uh, I finally officialized the Legally Steel Show. I decided to set it up a corporation separate from CETA and um, decided to do a couple of things that would make the Legal Steel Show stand out and build up its platform and its credit um, as we go along. Because there are several things I want to do. Those of you who know I want to take the show um, nationally. I want to go syndicated with it. And in order to do that, airtime is expensive. Now, here's the, here's the platform. With the show, in the way that I've established the business as a corporation and not an LLC. And I'm going to get into the difference of those here in a minute. But I, my goal is to go into different markets around the country as the show grows and the show progresses. And, again, I want to thank you for being faithful listeners and giving us continued support. But I want to take the show and I want to go into different markets and be able to bring this message into the ter- the terrestrial radio market as well as the internet market. So the internet shows are not going to change. Um, you know, we have a few changes going on, like the time that we're going to do starting next week. We're going to start coming on at 10 a.m. on the East Coast. And March 1st, or the first week of March, we're going to be looking at doing a dual show, and that's for the West Coast. We're going to be doing that one on Sundays. So Sundays at 10 o'clock and for the West Coast and Saturdays 10 o'clock for the East Coast and Central Time Zone. So we want to be able to catch the Mountain and the, and the um, Pacific Time Zone on Sunday. But in taking the show to other markets, airtime, or what we call terrestrial radio, traditional radio, which you listen to when you get in your car, not satellite radio, 
you actually buy your time. So that hour of time is relatively expensive, which is why we haven't jumped on the air yet in the Tampa market, but that's coming up very soon. Um, we have put some things in play. But time, airtime, airtime is extremely expensive, and it depends on the market of where you are. Market here in Tampa, an hour block of time once a week runs about $625. And that's a bit of in-studio stuff. And so just to let you know, talking about if they did a year's worth of airtime in Tampa, you're going to be looking at $30,000, 31 if I'm not mistaken. And going to different markets, and it's a little weird because the Atlanta market is a little bit cheaper. But we're going to be looking at, of course, the Tampa market first, and then we're going into the Atlanta market. And as we progress, we're going to go up the eastern seaboard, and then we're going to start to spread the show westerly, unless somebody comes in from the west and says, listen, we really like your show. We really want it out here. Then we'll look at jumping maybe over into L.A. market. Uh, but that's the direction of the show. Now, in order to do that, in order to take the show in that direction, you have to have capital, a lot of capital. So you've been hearing me for the last couple of weeks talk about starting a business, doing a credit. I went ahead and became a Florida corporation this week, and we're going to start working on our credit building campaign. So everything that I bring to you is information that I use myself, things I do. I wouldn't bring it to you if I didn't know it. So. Those are some of the things that, that we are working on here. So I employ every one of you to start your business if you haven't already. Now, let me tell you a little bit of the differences in the business, and I'll tell you why I started a corporation instead of an LLD, and that's one of the things that I used to do all the time or recommend in a limited liability company. But as I progressed in years and I learned more about the, the actual type of business structure decide to go with a corporation. And now my corporation I have to have bylaws. I have to have of course my articles of incorporation with the state state of Florida is where I did it. And your bylaws actually set a governing they are your governing rules for your corporation. What happens, who you can hire, who you can pay, how business is to be transacted. Now a limited liability company. Um, a limited liability company. They came online in the mid, early to mid '80s, and the the whole gist behind the limited limited liability company was a lot of people were sole proprietors, and yes, they were operating their business, but they had no legal protection of their assets or 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 business business assets. They had to protect. So the next thing was a corporation. Well, a lot of people didn't they didn't have the wherewithal of a corporation or have all of the substance needed to actually form and operate a corporation. Well, the government had what they call an S chapter or an S corporation, and basically it's the same thing as a corporation. It's just the 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 guidelines are a little bit relaxed under a corporation or a C corp. You have to have a strict board. You have to have board meetings every month. You have to keep your minutes because there are 
part of company records. And at any time that you may say have audited with IRS or you have a CTA come in and check everything, your books, or a company or a, a, a lending institution to give you money, then what they had to do is they would actually look at your books. They look at copy of bylaws, they look at your minutes, at your resolutions. Well, a lot of people just didn't want to go through the headache of doing that, so they remain uh, sole proprietors. Well, about the early, early mid-80s, uh, government passed another uh, piece of legislation that allowed a person or a proprietor to actually step the game up and have a little bit more liability protection against creditors in the case something happened or a you know liable suit one suing them in court. And that brought about the limited liability to them. And basically instead of having officers in your limited in your like you do in your corporation, secretaries and treasurers, then you would have members. Now under a corporation, your guidelines are a whole lot more stricter because when once you corporate or incorporate within that state, everybody has to be listed. All of your officers, the board, have to be listed. That's a matter of public record. Well, with the liability company, your members don't have to be listed, and it's a big, a bigger loophole in LLC because you actually, let's say, I start the company. But I could actually, let's say I got into some credit trouble. I could actually just turn the company over to another member and everything ran as possible, ran as it, as it used to, without the intervention of a board of directors and different things like that. So limited liability companies made it a little bit easier to actually run a business. You have a business structure, but banks, and when you're dealing with banks or lending institutions, they would rather you have more structure because they were used to corporations, whether you're an S Corp or General Corp or C Corp. They were used to corporations. So when you look at establishing your business, look at a corporation first because it's going to be easier for you as a business owner to establish business credit for your corporation over your limited liability company. To say that you can't do it, but it'll be a whole lot easier. Now, some of the companies that I've been boasting about, um, I am going to bring you those companies. We've set some things in motion right now, but I am going to bring you those companies, different companies, put in a couple of requests this week. I haven't heard anything back yet, but I'm waiting. And they're going to get back to me because this is a chance for them to promote their business to masses. So I'm waiting for them to get back in touch with me so we can talk about bring to you the different things that you will need to know to actually start your business credit uh, without a personal guarantee that's getting it away from you. Now, I think last week I told you that if you're looking at establishing more than a half of a million dollars in credit, like the credit, business credit, then that's when you're going to be looking at a personal guarantor for whatever you're planning to do. Now, understand a half a million dollars is a lot of money, and some small business will never get to that status. They have that type of operating capital or, or expenses a month, but it's okay. It has to have a notion of what you'll need it. Say, for instance, in our case, 
we're looking at when you talk about buying airtime, I want to win because I'm a negotiator. I'd rather go in and write shit for the year the studio to the radio station instead of paying it by the month. I can negotiate better if I'm going to pay by the year. But having that line of credit there, I'll be able to walk in and stroke a check, and it's a done deal. Now I can go out, I can seek advertisers and promotionals and different things like that to recoup the cost. But at least having that up front, I'll be able to take care of that and line that up. Now, on to an S-corporation. S-corporations, they are corporations, but as I said, that the guidelines are a little bit more relaxed where you have to have a board meeting a year. You have to have a board of directors in place. You also have to keep your minutes, but you're only really required to have a board meeting once a year. And it's a special special tax status with the IRS. Um, a lot of it is called, and you'll get with, make sure you get with CPA on this, but it's called pass-through taxation. What pass-through taxation is, is you will still file for your tax purposes, your 1040 at the end of the year. And if you have the S-Corp election or filing the liability company, you simply fill out your 1040, but you will attach business income and business losses on your, that they will file with your 1040. Unlike if you're just doing a corporation, then you got scared K's and different things like this. But of course, before you get into that, you want to check with the CPA to make sure everything is lined up, okay, properly for you. But with that through taxation, it pretty much goes like this. If you elected to pay yourself um, $50,000, whatever that tax bracket is for you, then that's what your company's tax would be taxed the same rate. So if your company, you have a million dollars in company profits for the year, but you only paid yourself $50,000, then whatever your personal tax year, tax bracket is, that's what the company's profitable income or, or profit would be taxed at the same rate. So that's one of the benefits of ta- pass-through taxation. Now, everything that I'm telling you, a, a CPA or a an attorney can give you this information. You, you call the IRS, they give you loose information, but they're not going to tell you what is best for you. Uh, they'll tell you you need to seek legal advice or some type of financial counseling before you actually start a business. But only you will be able to tell what's going to be best for you in the business that you want to do. So when you sit with the CPA or you sit with that attorney, you're telling them your goals and your guidelines and things that you plan on doing, you want to do with your business. So that's where you're going to dictate to them, and they're just going to fill the paper for you, do whatever you need to make the suggestions that you file as a limited liability company um, or you file as a corporation. Most of the time, people will file a single-member LLC, member limited liability company. You have that protection. And now when you hear me say protection, your asset protection, basically, this is how it all ties into the credit. When you start to build credit, now, most companies, actually, I was reading up on this, and most individuals that start companies, 92% of small businesses, 92% of small businesses are funded by personal credit. 
at one time or another because there's a lack of capital available. So you end up using your personal credit to fund your business. Well, what happens if your business is not making money? Chances are your first two years in business, you're going to be breaking even. You, you know, if you make a profit, it'd probably be a small profit, but you're going to be breaking even. What you do not want to do is type your personal credit along with your business structure. Because once that goes down, that affects you primarily on your personal credit. Um, so these are things that you want to look into. And as I was telling you it was last week or a week before last, I was saying last week, 5 to 1, actually some analysts is 20 to 1. Whereas you have what a good credit, personal credit score can carry as $25,000 in your business with the same credit score, you can have a credit worthiness of a half of a million dollars. So you definitely want to get away from your personal credit and and get to get to your business credit. Now, somebody just came in on the chat line and said, well, you know, what is the difference between a CPA and a CFP, a uh, certified financial planner? Well, a CPA, they have, it's just, they're like attorneys, if you will. They've gone through, they are accountants, but they've gone through a set of rigorous standards and guidelines by the Board of Accountancy to become certified uh, public accountants. They have guidelines and codes of ethics that they have to abide by. And these are the ones who, you know, they know taxes, they know accounting, so a certified financial planner is more in line. You actually you need both, but in the initial start, you need your you need your CPA. As you build and you start bringing in money, now you need a a financial planner to actually make sure your money is working for you. Now you'll be able to find some CPAs who are CFPs as well. So you know if you build a relationship with your with your CPA, which is always a good thing then you will have them on board to advise you about financial planning. So those are two things, uh, and, I, and I hope I answered that question for you as far as CFP, CPA. Um, but as I was saying, back to the credit, separating it and getting it built up in a way that it's going to work and grow for you. And I tell you, these programs are not that expensive. They really aren't, and they are well worth investing. You may invest over a year's time, twelve to fifteen hundred dollars, into one of these credit building programs. But what it's going to do for you is, you know, when you compare twelve hundred dollars or fifteen hundred dollars to half um, of a million dollars in credit for your company, honestly, to me, there's no comparison. And this is all done without the use of your Social Security. So you can keep your personal asset personal and your business asset business. So I wanted to touch bases with you to give you a little of that information before you go in starting your business or you start your business. Then these are things that you definitely need to tie in. Now, as these individuals contact me, we are going to get them on the air. And we're going to log the information.
so you will have that information available to you when you start business. And I can tell you, credit is king. Use of cash is king. Credit is king. Cash is becoming a uh, a thing of the past. Everybody is using credit. Credit is easily trackable. You need to establish credit. Unless you're just extremely wealthy, have more money than you know what to do with, and you're going to buy everything cash, you need to build credit. And my suggestion is do it this way instead of doing it with with your personal credit. Another another chat question came in. Do I use my own Social Security number? And not I don't have to use my Social Security number, but what do I use to establish credit? Well, I can go back to the Fair Credit Reporting Act and tell you it was an act passed by Congress. What they require is a nine-digit number. Right now, as an individual, the only nine-digit number you have attached to you personally your Social Security number. But please do not mistake. Your Social Security is number, your Social Security number is used for one purpose. It should be used for one purpose and one purpose only. And that purpose is to track your wages over the years as you work. So the government will know under the Social Security Administration what is going to be your benefit or benefits once you retire. That's what your Social Security number is used for, is primarily used for. So it falls under the Privacy Act. But what has happened over the years is businesses have gotten into play and said, hey, we need your Social Security number. Okay, you don't have to give them your Social Security number. Then that goes to say that they don't have to give you credit. Now, you heard talk about a... CPN, a uh, um, a credit profile number a couple of weeks ago. I talked about a CPN. And basically what people were doing is start a company, they contact the IRS, they would get a nine-digit tax D number. And the IRS has got smart about this. They've actually changed some things around. But they would get a nine-digit tax D number. That tax ID number was for your business. But what people would end up doing, especially if they had messed up their credit, their bad credit, they would take that CPN and they would attach it to themselves and start using that as their credit number, as they for, for the credit. Is that legal? No, it's not. Not at all. Based on the Fair Credit Act, it says you have to have a nine-digit number. Nine-digit number can be anything. But it doesn't have to be your Social Security number. So that's when that whole CPN thing started to jump into play because people were using loophole to make this thing prevalent for themselves. So what I said was, if you're going to do that, then, you know, be careful because what's going to happen is Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian are going to cross-reference those numbers because you're using your name. That's what's on your ID, your driver's license. You're using your name. Well, what's going to happen is if your credit was bad on your, say, 387 number, but you have a 289 number, 
once they cross-reference the numbers, if someone goes to pull your credit report or get a credit file for you on you, they're going to see both of those numbers come attached to your name. And it'll be easy for the creditor to say, nope, we're not going to give you any credit. Now, in your business, once you actually get your business structure and you contact the IRS and they're going to issue you a number, based on, I got my number this week. Send it in, send in my information with the IRS. They gave my tax ID number or my employer identification number. That's my business social security number, if you will. That's my business credit number. Now, I will use that number in my business. And what you get with these with these companies that actually establish credit for you, they're going to use your tax ID number to start building business, a credit profile for your business. Now, there's something else that I want to tell you about. It's called Dun and Bradstreet. Dun and Bradstreet was the the, the premier um, uh, company for building business credit. What they were doing was just basically adding trade lines of businesses that you were already using. Say, for instance, uh, Legally Steel Show. If I'm doing business with, say, the credit union, then I would use the credit union as a vendor. I would report that to Dun and Bradstreet. They would show that as one of my creditors or one of the vendors that I'm using. But under Experian business, they're using your tax ID number uh, in order to build this up. Now, the other thing is once you start your business, I suggest you contact Dun and Bradstreet to get a Dun and Bradstreet number. Because you're building your business, you want all that to work. As I'm telling you, as I've done, I requested my Dun and Bradstreet number this week. It should be here next week. Oh, it should be here next week. So once I open my business banking or banking account, my business checking account, different things like that, I'll be using my Dun and Bradstreet number and my XID number. So these are things that you want to do. It's a process that you can do on your own. If you're sad enough, because it is a lot of information. So a lot of information you have to, that you have to give out you to know what to give out. But you can do this on your own. You get your business set up. You can operate yourself. If you do not know how to do it or you are afraid of messing something up, contact a CPA contact online or um, um Legal Loom does it um, for thirty to four hundred bucks, something like that. It just depends on the corporation that you say no. And I, some of the companies that I'm going to bring you are also putting information out there and letting you know what it what they cost uh, to get you going in that at the ring. So these are things that I want you to know about. And of course, continue to send me your questions. Always give us a call. We're live on the air. Call in number 647-37-1008. That's 4763-1008. Or you can always check us out on the blog. That's bit.ly B-I-T slash L-S-S blog. Bitly slash L-S-S blog. And you can always check us out on the radio. That's bit.ly B-I-T slash L-S-S radio, because we want you to stay in tune. Also, we're going to be changing, 
I've been getting beat up about, you know, uh, bringing you the nudging skill legally to your next purchase. Well, I'd be altering that a bit because legally steal is not a popular title yet, yet, on the Internet. So when people do a search, legally steal is not what they're looking for. So we're going to be changing that a little bit um, to keep it in line with the show. And I want to make sure that you're getting able to find us wherever we are. Also, follow us on Twitter. I'd love to see your tweets. I'd love to get the tweet back to you. And our Twitter, Twitter name is Lee Steele. I can give you the short version of all that bit that Legally Steel. Just go to Twitter and look up Legally Steel. We're all on Facebook, the Legally Steel Show. Now, I want to talk to you about something that I have gone on. I've been telling you it's been near and dear to my heart. Um, and it has forced me to actually do a couple of things, which is good, because I've actually written another book, my second book, which was not in plans. But I've written my second book, and it's called The Negotiating Experience. Well, I've been talking about my building a relationship with a major credit union here in Tampa. And you've been hearing me talk about things and the way things are growing and going. Well, we are at a at a point now where the credit union first approaching with how to legally steal your next vehicle and save thousands. They loved the book. However, the name was a little abrasive because, you know, they are a very large credit union and they want to maintain their public relations. And I understand that completely. They're a business, so am I. So I have to adhere to them. Plus, they're a whole lot bigger than I am. But they did after working with them going back and forth, it encouraged me to write another book. Some say, well, why don't you just change the name of that book and just buy the same content? Well, because I can't do that. It's actually published. It's a published book. I have a, a publisher on board with us. So I can't just change the name because now it's plagiarism against my figure. It's my book, but it's if I steal that information and change the title, put another title on it. So I decided to write another book. Woohoo! Gave me a second book. And this book is still The Negotiating Experience Your Car Deal Your Way. Now, I chose not to go with a publisher. I'm self publishing this book. And I need your help. Because here is where I am now. The manuscript is completed. But in order for us to sign a deal with the credit union, I have to get the book professionally and edited. And yes, I'm a very smart man, but that means nothing when you're writing. You can be as smart as you want to be. You, it came out of my head, so it's hard for me to professionally edit it and proof it. Plus, I want to make sure that this book is tight because it's going to be, my goal is to make this book the mantra of the credit union movement. When any credit union 
thinks about putting out a loan to their members, I want them to be looking at this book to give their members, to make their members abreast of what's going on. Now, mind you, I've been out of the direct car sale game for a long time, for a long time. Well, I'm working on a golf tournament here in Tampa, and I, during the meeting, I had a car deal. I told him about what I was doing. I could see the look in his face, and he actually said to me, because he thought I was actually negotiating car deals like I used to in the past, this guy said to me, well, you know, a lot of car dealers, um, they don't deal with people like you. People like me? What do you mean? Well, they don't like um, the people coming and negotiating the deals for individuals. Now, okay, here's the deal. And I kind of chuckle a little bit and just, you know, dismiss the company. But let me tell you this. Car dealers can't stop people like me. There are a bunch of people like me that are out there. Car dealers are in business to make money. People like me are in business to make you or allow you, the individual, to keep more money in your pocket. So car dealers don't want this book out. Good for them. Great for them, actually, because that gives me more incentive and drive to make it happen. Now, here's where I get you help. This week, I was looking at Bitcoin America, and they were talking about social or crowdfunding, crowdsourcing and crowdfunding. And this website, it's called Indiegogo. That's I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O dot com. Indiegogo is what is called a crowdfunding site. And basically what it allows you to do is what I did, and I'll tell you about that in a second. It allows you to create a campaign, a donation campaign, that individuals can listen to it, tie into it, and they can donate if they feel like it. If they want to donate a dollar, they want to donate five dollars, ten dollars, whatever amount they want to donate, they can do that to any of the campaigns that that are listed on Indiegogo. Well, what I did was I created a campaign. We're trying to raise $4,500. And go to the campaign. It's called it's Indiegogo.com slash hyphen negotiating hyphen experience. That's www.indiegogo.com slash the hyphen negotiating hyphen experience. And you'll be able to read the entire profile of my campaign and what we're doing. This money is going to be used to book professionally proof edited, get the graphic designs laid out, because we want to have a winner that's appealing to the eyes of the reader. Shipping and printing costs. And if you go there and you read chapter perks on the side, I'm creating a special page in the book, and it's what's going to be called the Negotiating Experience Campaign Donors. Your name, if you decide to contribute, and I really wish you would. I would appreciate it.
But it will if you decide to continue, your name will go in on this page, and this page is going to be in the front of the book, where everybody that sees this book will be able to see you were a donor for the completion of the negotiating experience. This is information that every person, whether you're buying a car now, you're buying a car tomorrow, or you're going to buy one in the future, or you know someone buying a vehicle. This is information that you need, not one. This is information you need. This information will save you thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars. And it also teaches you about negotiating, something that I'm very passionate about and I've been into for years, but it will teach you something about negotiating and how to win at negotiating. So if you could please go to the website, Indiegogo, that's I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O dot com slash the hyphen negotiating hyphen experience. Go to the website, please, and help me help others. Once we get this done, check out the perks because there are a whole list of perks that you donate, your name goes in the book, donate on, a, on another perk level, get a copy of the book, you get an autographed copy of the book, and the top donor on that one of the perks is you get, you actually get to become a host of the Legally Steel Show. We'll do a segment of the Legally Steel Show where you can be the host. You can put your business out there. You can talk about whatever you want to be your show that day. And you become an underwriter of the Legally Steel Show. So there's a lot in the perks that are out there that I would really want to take a look at and give if you can. We want to get this book underway, and once we get this stage completed, we'll be able to take this book credit against all around the country, banks all around the country, insurance companies all around the country, and you can have your copy up front. You can be one of the first few to get those autographs, signed copies from me, because the book is going to be a winner. I'm telling you, your book is going to be a winner, but I need your help. I've already gotten some donations, and I really do thank those individuals. I'll be creating video segments throughout the campaign. It's been for 50 days, but I'll be creating different video sets of different things where you can see the progress of what's going on. I want you to be involved in the process. I know I have a faithful listening base. That those that catch the show live and those that will go back and listen to it later in archive, what we call archive. And I appreciate it. I appreciate all the support that you bring in me. And I want to continue to bring it to you. And I have a a, a bit of a funny story. Uh, of course, it's me, it, it means a lot to me, but it, you may find it a little humorous. I was talking to mom, and my mom said, well, who, who pays you to do the show? Because my mom is into radio. She doesn't know about all that stuff. She says, well, who pays you to do the show? I said, mm, nobody. It's my show. I'm doing it. She said, well, are you getting money from it? No, ma'am. But I'm putting out a message. She said, okay. Well, I guess you know what you're doing. <laughs> so, 
God bless her. Thank her. I, I love Lady. And, of course, this book is dedicated to Mom. She's been that inspiring spirit behind it. But the thing was, it made me think. I do this every week, not for gratification, but I do it because I have a message, and I want you to know the message. I'm working on several books that are going to be beneficial to you, the individual, and protecting yourself against a brother. So, again, I thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Also, spread, tell tell others you know. Tell others who who don't catch the show to actually go to it. You can, catch, you can pick us up on iTunes. We're at bit.ly slash LFS iTunes. You go there, you download the segment, but tell tell others, spread the word. We want to make this show the biggest thing on the internet. And as we hit the terrestrial radio market, we want to make it the biggest thing on the radio market. And I promise you, I promise you, I will always control the content. Nobody's going to come in and buy me out, and they control the content. No, I will control the content. With the biggest reason why I think you're helping getting the negotiating experience done, because I control the content. I'm not going to be censored. I'm going to tell you what's real, what's reliable, and what's relevant, which is about a new mantra. The best on the Internet that's bringing relevant, reliable, and real advice for the smart consumer. Listen, it's always real. I love doing this with you on Saturday, talking to you and spreading, spreading the word and giving you information. Give me your help, please. I need your help to get this book moving. And as always... We're going to keep real, but in the time frame, we're here to give you the knowledge and skills to legally steal your next purpose. Peace, and I'll see you next weekend. Remember, show's coming on 10 a.m. next weekend starting that next Saturday, whatever the day is, the 20th of February. We'll be coming on at 10 a.m. Please tune in. I hope you catch us. Also, during the week, I'll be putting different sentences and tweets to let you know, giving you a little bit of reminder to come on at 10 a.m., listen to us live. Always legally stick show. Peace. See you next week.